Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Thank you. 
church message and you preach, and you, you find your people and you help people. What I did know was that I was going to face things that were just very uh, unusual, I would say, and that I wasn't quite ready for. I didn't know I was going to be lied about, falsely accused. People called me to me out, pressing me out, saying that I, you call yourself a Christian? They said to me on the phone. Because I didn't agree with them, or there was some confrontation there. Uh, one lady made an appointment with me. I didn't know what it was about. She came in, and I don't say this publicly. She was showing up. And she said, you know, you need to repent. I said, uh, okay. Of what? She said, you know. I said, I don't. I said, you're going to have to help me. She said, you know, you know. I said, I, I don't know. I said, just go ahead and say it. She said, you've been murdering children. I'm like, huh? Oh, yeah. The Lord showed me. This is what you've been doing. You need to repent. That's your time. He's got some problems here. <laughs> I didn't know those kind of things were, were going to happen. I didn't know I was going to have to confront some serious religious strongholds in people. I didn't know that there would be slaughtering and laughter and hatred and words that were so evil and all kinds of things I hadn't uh, prepared for some of those things. Um, I realized much of the spiritual battle as well as natural battle of living life. Because there's both. You have both realms that we're in. You're a spirit in a body. And so there's the spirit world that is more real or just as real as the natural world. And there are forces in that world, just as there are forces in the natural world. And you run a battle in both worlds. Whether you realize it or not, all of us are. I also realized, or didn't realize, until it happened, that some conflict that I'm involved with is really good for me. Not only for me engaging in the conflict, because really to be a peacemaker doesn't mean that you're always just nice. To be a peacemaker often means you have to get involved in conflict, and peace comes out as a result of the conflict. So that's part of what a peacemaker is. I also didn't know this. But sometimes the conflict that would come my direction was to help me. I've been rebuked in good ways, not after one especially. Some other ones that I needed. There was conflict um, with me and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has convicted me many times. And his conflict, it feels completely different. But it's so hopeful and wonderful when it comes in your Convicted of a sin. It's like this. Get out of jail card. It's this freedom that's offered. If I will humble myself and repent and turn, allow him to change me, then the transformation process is so, some conflict, that must be conflict, is really a good thing for others and for us. But there's some of it is just lousy. Some conflict is just lousy. Just Having spiritual conflict with the enemy coming against us. So, knowing that life is full of conflict and difficulties, it's important 
tools to use? What weapons to use? You know, when you think of a, a person in the military, they have, they're going to battle, but they have weapons. So they're not fighting without any arms. And same with us, spiritually, we have been given things to help us in these battles that we all face. You and I are all in three different wars at the same time. As you know, we are made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. The three are intricately put together so that wherever I go, my soul and my spirit are with me. Wherever my body goes. And they're uh, kind of entwined together. They affect one another. And what comes to us is the battles that we face in all three areas also can spill over to the other soul or spirit or, or the flesh as well. The, the physical body. Before you had an encounter with Jesus, that life, you had some difficulties, you had some battles, some conflict, and then after you met Jesus, you also had some, in fact, you probably have had more. Right? We don't always tell you this. We don't always tell you this, but when you meet Jesus, he's there to help. But the conflict might increase. Because the enemy is not aware of you. You were no threat before. But once you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness, once you are a torch that is a light, and once you have the spirit of God on inside, you are now a threat to the enemy. And so he's paying attention. He's going to try and divide, he's going to try and kill, steal, destroy. That's his job description. So, you're going to feel more conflict than you had before. In fact, some people don't want to be driven for this reason. Because, in fact, I'm going to that straight up. He went back into a life of sin because he said, living the perfect life is too hard. He said, it's too much conflict. I feel the spiritual oppression. I feel like I feel like these spirits are coming against me. But when I'm just sitting for a I don't feel any you're not, you're not a threat. And so, there's going to be, and we should expect, there's going to be conflict in several different areas. But no worries. The enemy can't win. Right? He can't win. Let's be loud. But he can't win. He can't defeat you, even though there will be conflict. So I want you to be aware, not worried, but aware. That you've been given everything that you need, also. You've been given everything that we need to win through the one who already won. And he's with us. So we'll talk about these three areas where there's conflict in kind of these three areas of war. The natural, we'll talk about that one first, our physical bodies. So the moment you, uh, Arrive on this planet, the planet's trying to kill you. You know, I'm a doctor, and some of the doctors in here can explain this a lot better than I can, but it's fascinating to me to study the immune system. I mean, this robust, beautiful system that God put on the inside of us. 
that is working day and night with a sleeping room away, with this lymphatic system that's fighting germs all the time, and then you've got your white blood cells with this entire army of T cells that are like our warriors seeking and destroy bacteria and viruses, going through surgery throughout your entire body all the time. Don't feel it. Don't feel any of that. Unless something's wrong, you're just going to swallow up. You know, it's fighting. I'm fighting something. But this system God gave us, we're in the world, but he puts us on the inside to fight against all these things that are coming. You can't see them. They're invisible. They're kind of spirit world. These things are at a micro level coming at, at us. But God has given us something to fight those things all the time. Well, our part is to eat well, get some sleep, right? We have our part to play. We have the system to be fully on to do what it's supposed to do. We also have in our physical body what the Bible calls our flesh or our carnal nature that is at war. The Bible says actually that our flesh, our carnal nature, is at war with the Holy Spirit. That's a scripture. It's Galatians 5. Let's not be making that up. Our flesh is at war with the Spirit, opposed to the Spirit of God. It wants to do what it wants to do. And the Holy Spirit wants to do something entirely different. So we need to be aware of that, that I'm at war by my flesh. And that's what Jesus said. If you're going to follow me, here's what you have to do. Every day, every day, you're die to yourself, dear. Fleshly nature. We choose it or not. But when that flesh nature is fully alive, it's fighting against the Spirit of God. Now you do. Yes, there's a, a battle going on there. Galatians 5 17, right? He says, For the flesh has a desire against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. They're not resisting to one another. So that you may not do the things that you please. Uh, selfishness and selfish nature are invested on that several months ago. It's what is wrecking things throughout the world. And it's what's opposed to the Holy Spirit. He's the exact opposite. Okay. And then in the flesh, if someone tries to physically harm me with a weapon, it can also cause trauma to my soul, which is another part of my being. It's a physical thing, but then that can affect another part of who I am. I had someone threaten to shoot me once. I wasn't prepared for that. They told me it was going to blow my head off. It was the exact words. And, you know, that's, that can be traumatic. So physical can touch the, the soul of a person as well. And so when speaks, it speaks lies about them, which has happened many times. Those natural words can affect the war against our soul and spirit. Trying to get you to believe those things and believe those lies against yourself. So there's those kind of war going on. It's still physical, but it touches other parts of us. It battles against sickness and disease and infirmity. It's physical. Physical battles. Not to mention the other conflicts in the natural world, like car engine failures, appliances that break, injuries, broken bones, taxes that need to get paid, digging in the soil, repairing broken things, solving natural problems, conflict, constantly. So, like sometimes you feel like this, your uh, your full time job is to repair things, to fix things, to keep things going. There's just like conflicts in, in those things. Uh, you know, in the wilderness, they didn't have that. I kept everything going 
perfectly for them. The seeds didn't work out, the pills didn't work out, the food didn't disappear, it was over there, all that part was nice and delicious. Nothing wearing out. And then there's our soul. In Hebrew, the word is nefesh, means breath. Interesting. It's often hard to discern between soul and spirit, even in the Bible, at least the interchangeably at times. But the soul, best that we understand, is the seat of our mind, will, and emotions, including our personality. That's the soul level. And the Bible also says there is a difference between the soul and the spirit, because in Hebrews 4 it says that the word of God divides between those two. So there is a difference. It's close, but there's our soul, which includes our mindsets. I think strongholds that people have, that you and I have at times, are in the soul. The stronghold is a fortress of thoughts, what it is, which wars against us, or the enemy uses that against us. Then there's our emotions of fear and doubt, shame, worry, anxiety, lies that come and try and stir up our emotions. Get us to think about the wrong things. Believe, try to get us to believe, which is our spirit job. The wrong things is what. So there's this war in the spirit world that the enemy sending thoughts, oftentimes, that you and I. You think, well, I don't know about that. Well, yes. It's just like if I were to say, you know, if I had this little box, I could tune it to a certain channel and you could hear music in it. Well, you don't see that in here. There are hundreds of channels right now in there. You have the right radio, you tune into that channel, and you listen to the music. The enemy is in the air, because of the power of the air, and he is speaking all kinds of crazy thoughts and things. In fact, says this in the Bible that part of another part of his job, and I'm going to kill, kill, destroy, is to accuse the brethren, the believers, not non believers. He accuses the brethren, you and I, day and night. He's always accusing. He's always accusing. He will accuse you to yourself. He will accuse you about someone else. He will accuse someone else to you. He is the accuser. So that, that happens all the time. That's why I always say we never want to participate in the ministry of the enemy, which is the ministry of activity. Never, never accuse someone of someone. Always, if there's behavior, ask them a question. Never accuse their motives. That's what the devil does. That is the ministry of the disposition. Accusation. Accuse you, accuse me. So that war is going on. Accusation level. And then we have our spirit man. Of course, and the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, which means breath also. Similar to soul, but there is a slight difference. Spirit is really invisible life inside of us that will live forever with God. I think our soul will too, actually. But the Spirit is also the place where the Spirit of God dwells. It's the place where the Spirit of God meets and joins. He who joins himself to the Lord is one Spirit with God. He who joins himself to the Lord is one Spirit with God. Our Spirit joins the Holy Spirit. And there's a oneness there. It's pretty amazing. And when our spirit awakens, it's like a dead man coming to life, realizing that we are children of God. It's our spirit that tells us, 
I'm a child of God, so I shall rejoice. So Romans 8 says. In our spirit, we have faith. Faith comes from the spirit man. Ephesians 6 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, not against people, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world's forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is where our struggle is, our battle. Sometimes, well, the enemies are always trying to get our eyes off of what is real and the things that are not as real and try to get us war against others. Try to get us angry and stirred up against other people. When really, it's the enemy in the spirit realm, his powers and principalities, the devil that really is our, our enemy. Um, I've lived several places in the world in my lifetime. Um, almost all the United States, a few overseas. Visited a lot of places overseas. And it's interesting to me, I've, I've observed this. Some of the stuff talks about a lot, but I've just observed it. Is that when you go to a new place, or you're traveling, you go on vacation, you're traveling, oftentimes when you're there, you can feel so light and your dreams are free. It's like, uh, wow, this is not so moving. Right? Well, if you do, you won't be there very long. And then you begin feeling resistance. That's how this works. See, the enemy doesn't know you when you're just visiting. But once you move somewhere and start taking territory and ground and pay rent and pay mortgage, there's a geographic spiritual authority. Where you and I go. And when you get there, the enemy starts to recognize that and he comes against you. And there's resistance to the powers and principalities in the heavenly places that start coming against you. So you start feeling resistance. Usually we interpret it as, oh, I must be in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. Oh, I wonder what sin is going on inside of you. Oh, why is the enemy against you? Well, Oftentimes, resistance is simply a product of you being right where you're supposed to be. Because the enemy, again, he can care less if you're just involved with sin and following him. Yeah. Just do whatever you want to do. But man, if you are light in darkness, if you are serving and loving people, then you are a threat. And so when I'm traveling, it's interesting. I go to another church to speak, to another city, another next day. People love you. Not saying you know. They love on you. They get dreams of great night. They say, "Ooh, it's a boy. Be ready to live here." It's like that. You know what I'm talking about? Don't make any expectations about. You don't even have a clue who you are. Unless you start missing, you start serving, you start getting plugged in, and hello, you start feeling resistance. The world that we are in. Is full of resistance. And it's okay. In fact, you were created to live there and to operate there and to overcome there. And to not shy away from it. There are other people, but it's why some people actually keep moving all the time. They just move from 
place to place to place to place to place because they start getting to a place and they start, if they start committing anywhere or start, you know, having any responsibilities or feeling this resistance, but you and I were born to commit to a spouse, to commit to a church, to serve, to get involved, to take steps in leadership where you're helping other people, and from every level of leadership, there's levels of resistance. And it's an awesome thing. We need people to be able to stay in there and fight in the right way, internally. I have a friend who has jumped from church to 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 church now, we'll be outside of fight. We'll get there. Second Corinthians 5 17 says, You are a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. You know, all things have become new. This says, Romans 12, Present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed. So that renewing of our mind comes through conflict. Comes through God's ideas. Something has a, um, a ramrod against the things that we believe that were wrong. To break those things up. Might not feel good. Oh boy, if we're looking for God, He's building a lot. He'll change us as we align. Sometimes we have to live in the intention and embrace conflict. Whether it's your body, your soul, or your spirit, whether it's a friendship, or a family member, co worker, whether it's conflict, don't bail. You have to seek it, you'll find it. And if you look leadership, there are different levels of it. But it's, a, it's, it's worth it. It's a good thing. Most wars and conflicts in the entire world on the national stage are a result of this. James 4. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source of your pleasures that wage war in your members. You lost and don't have to commit murder. You're envious of God, but thanks to you fighting for all. That is the story of the world. Leaders wanting more land, wanting more resources, wanting more gold and silver, so they take over someplace else, kill the people in there, whatever case is selfishness. Conflicts all around us. It's interesting that the devil's trying to kill us, and then Jesus invites us to die. Right? So we're fighting on one hand, and then we're allowing for another. The death, in the spiritual sense, of our carnal nature, our selfishness, so that we don't do all the, the bad things. Jesus said in John 16 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the 
world you will have trouble. You will have trouble. But take heart. I overcome the world. You can have trouble, but take heart. I'm with you, and I've already overcome the world. First Peter 4, 12, Peter says, Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. What way to describe it? A fiery ordeal. And what is going on? I was thinking that if I was going to do right, then everything would go right. If I would follow the Lord, then everything would be smooth. I would. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal which comes along upon you for your testing. As though some strange thing were happening to you. Fiery ordeals, in other words, are not a strange thing. It's a normal thing. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of glory, you may rejoice with exultation. There's a rejoicing that's supposed to happen in little fiery ordeals. As a way to shorten the ordeal, by the way, yes. as well. To rejoice, to praise God, to thank Him, to make sure that all of the miles that's supposed to happen inside of me take place during this ordeal. Doesn't feel good, but it can result in good because Romans 8 28, God's working everything together for good yes. for you. Those were called, right? According to his purpose. Yes. So he's working things out. Romans 8 37 says this. But in all things, we overwhelmingly, not just conquer, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. You are an overwhelming conqueror through him who loves you and is in you. This is important. Regardless of what things feel like, I am an overcomer through Him. Yes. Romans 13, 14, in this physical domain. So how do we deal with the, these three wars? The wars against my physical, the wars against my soul, the wars against my spirit. In the physical domain, Romans 13, 14, Paul says this, put on the Lord Jesus. He's wearing Put him on. Put on the Lord Jesus. And make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. So there's one way to avoid lust. You put on Jesus, right? It's a spiritual act of faith, but you're not making provision for lust. I remember this, uh, anyway, this guy, and he was battling, battling, battling with um, sexual stuff. And he told me one day, he says, What I'm going to do, I'm going to go down there when there's a strip club. And I'm going to stand on the corner of my guitar and I'm going to praise God and tear down the stronghold. I thought, that's not what you need to be doing. Don't make provision by getting close to that place right now. That's not where you need to be. Don't make provision for yourself by putting yourself close to the sin and then hope that this doesn't happen. Get away. Flee the rallies, the scripture of Timothy, right? Leave, get away, put a distance between whatever is tempting you to send exchange locations. Thank you, get up, move, take a job. Don't 
can hang around and make provision for this to happen. First Corinthians 10 13, with every temptation, he provides a landscape. The Lord provides a landscape. Doesn't matter what the temptation comes to you or I, there's an escape route already planned out by God. And sometimes that means getting up and running, getting out of there. James 5, 13 says, <coughs> this has to do with your physical. If anyone among you is suffering, then you must pray. Be careful. Sing praises. If anyone among you is sick, call for the elders of the church, and they will pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. We will do that today for people who are sick. So that's one way that we deal with this conflict of what's going on in the physical body. Yes, we'll do our part really well when we get rid of toxins. We want to do our part, exercise, sleep, all that. At the same time, the things that we can't do, God will do. He will help us. And we will pray for you and help as well. And then our soul, our spirit, how do we fight in those places? Hebrews 12, 2 says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Get my spirit, man, that's filled with God, fixated on God. Get my eyes off of all of the other things. The fears, the anxieties, the worries, the doubts, the concerns, the shame, the condemnation, whatever's coming against my soul. I need to get my eyes on Jesus. That's a big part. The first Thessalonians 5 says, again, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Be looking for prophetic utterances. Be looking for God to speak through you, other people to you. Rejoice always. It's always a good time to rejoice. Ephesians 6. We're going to have a battle here as well. The Lord's given us so clearly through here. Someone said it earlier. Be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. Here's your part, my part. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Be strong in the Lord, it's a choice, in the strength of His might. He is mighty. He can do what I can't do. I'm going to stand in His might. And I'm going to put on armor. Here's the kind of armor. Verse 13. Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. Having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. Therefore, having girded your loins with truth, comes from Jesus, comes from His Word. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, His righteousness, not my own. I'm fighting in whatever battles come against me, not based on all the good things I've done. I'm coming because of what Jesus has done, and I put on Him. His righteousness is what I'm. So there should be no condemnation of shame that can stick. And if it is coming at me, then I'm going to knock it down. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the seal of faith, the spiritual seal, with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. The evil one has flaming arrows. They are accusations, they are lies, they are deceptions, they are doubt, they are fear.
heirs of evil one. The Lord says, pick up your shield. Let's say you're coming. Pick up your shield. It looks distinguished all Every single one of them. If you and I are in a constant battle, our physical, our spirit, and our soul, and we are not putting on armor, we are not engaging in a fight, then we are probably losing. You and I were meant to fight, even if you're not a fighter. You're a fighter. You have to. You have to. You have to do business. The time you've got to do business is the time you push things off. No, this is not going to be in my house. No, this is not going to be on my body. No, this is not going to be in my soul, my spirit. I will not be tormented by this in Jesus' name. I put on this helmet. I'm going to put on this figure of this seal. Here's the other thing. Come with salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I got you have all the armor that you need to fight. You are a soldier that has weapons. You're not just a soldier. You know, and it's not like uniform. You're a soldier with spiritual weapons. You have things that you can do and push back in, and the enemy cannot win. He really can't win. You know what the Bible says about the enemy when we see him with our eyes? In the end, what we're going to say, what the main people say? What is that? That? That's the enemy? There was a scene in the nation. That's the guy that told me all those lies and made me afraid. You've got to be joking. That's what it, but he makes himself, he puffs himself up. And he comes with all the feels. All the feels, especially your soul. Stir up your emotions, make you afraid. But the Lord says, Are you kidding? I'm not giving you nothing, nothing you need. He's supposed to be, he's got what was he supposed to be? Under our feet. Glory. Right? Yes. That is his position. And so are his thoughts. That's what it's supposed to be. Fearful thoughts, accusations, all of those things. Colossians 3 2 says, Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. Don't get in the swirl of what's below. Don't let your mind get in the swirl. You can break right out of that swirl. Second is Corinthians 10 5. Says this take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Thoughts are essential and important, and not just thoughts of every variety. We're not supposed to just let them run. No, if there are thoughts that come to my mind, and it's whether it's fleshy type of lustful sexual stuff, or it's thoughts that are fearful and full of worry and doubt, the Bible says, take captive those thoughts. Choose to not think about those things. And it says, what to think about also. So I say, no, I'm not going to think about those things. And if I have trouble not thinking about them, I'm asking for help. Jesus, you know. You know what's going on right now in my mind. You said that I could have a sound you said that I have your mind, the mind of Christ. I break the power of these thoughts and all of these missiles and arrows coming against my mind. I raise up the shield of faith to extinguish them all. Now fill my mind with good thoughts. Thoughts that are full of purity, holiness, of 
joy, of hope, of life, of peace. This is what Philippians 4 8 says. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, there's any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. It's not a strange thing to experience fire in the earth. Even daily. It's not a strange thing that things are coming against you. It's not a strange thing that you're feeling resistance. I'm alive. I need to be alive. If I'm feeling resistance, that means I'm still here. Now, if there's conviction, open up the door. Say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? What am I doing wrong? What do I need to repent of? Conviction is completely different than resistance. Be wide open to conviction. It actually, I would say, um, not only a sound mind, but courageous in resistance. Strong. Don't back up. Don't give up. And by the way, all this to say it's not a fair fight. If God be for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? God says this, and you know, if he's for us, he says, if you're with me, then I'm with you. He's for us, who can be against us? I know things feel lousy sometimes. I know you don't see the results perfectly sometimes. I hate that too. But we are in a fight and we can't give up. We're in a battle all the way through. Let's not give up. Let's not flee to another town. Flee to another vacation. You know me, thank you, but you have to back. Live in the place that God's placed you. Stand firm. Stand firm. Have you done everything to stand? Stand anyway. Put these things on and let's go through the fight together. We overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loves us. Overwhelmingly conquer. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.